Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. So many people have taken Jesus and politics and just smashed the two together to create whatever theories and whatever movements out there throughout history. On this episode, we're looking at the principles of religious liberty and what Jesus has to say about it in his teachings. This is Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and we're in the Hope Channel International Studios with Israel and Jonathan and Siku. Hey, guys. Hey. And we've been looking at the topic of Jesus and liberty for the last couple of weeks. We're currently in that topical arc, and we want to encourage you to go to hopetv.org slash inverse and look at the past episodes. You want to be caught up, especially the last one where we looked at uh, separating church and state. Why is that so important? Is that just a political thing or did Jesus really talk about that? And he did. He said to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and render unto God that which is God's. This episode is kind of part two of that episode in a sort of way. We're going to look at Matthew chapter, oh no, we're going to look at Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23 and we look at when you take church and state and what happens when they combine what damage they incur. So we're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to read chapter 23. It's a long chapter. We're not going to read all of it, but we need some portions of it and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, can you pray for us? Yes, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity to dive into your word. I pray that as we study, as we talk, as we share, you will guide a conversation that we will uh, glean from your word what is truth and um, uh, speak to us. We just pray that you bless us here in the studio, but also those watching and listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to kind of break from protocol and then I'm going to ask uh, Israel, can you give us a recap of the last episode and then we'll read the Bible verse afterwards because I think it's going to inform how we read the text. We were talking about the two different functions of the church and of mm-hmm. the state. Mm-hmm. By nature, the purpose of religion, when it is distilled, it is, you say conversion, I align with uh, my friend here from Austria. The, the, ultimate, <laughs> the, the ultimate purpose of religion is to bring forth love in the life of the person. Mm. Uh, when you kind of just dis- called conversion, yeah. <laughs> convert the person into <laughs> loving, love. yeah, yes. yeah, to love. Uh, and and when you do the same with uh, the the philosophy, the the worldview of the state, the you boil that down. The purpose of that is to deal is dealing with fear, mm. right? In, in many ways, they have the same outcome, mm-hmm. right? Like if you love someone, you won't kill them. If you're afraid that you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life, you won't kill. Mm-hmm. Two different motivations, but. Have, having similar outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so we look through Scripture at the differences between church and state, even though they have uh, similar outcomes in the end, they are very, the motives are very, they're vastly uh, different from each other. Mm-hmm. And so because the state provides for us uh, certain benefits uh, in in uh, many in many cases, in most cases, then um, we, we render to them what is due to them. Mm-hmm. And because God also gives us the ultimate benefits, the ultimate gift of his son, Jesus Christ, then we render to God what is God's. And so, so long as government uh, is not opposed to our religious convictions, then we follow uh, what the government says, understanding that when we take uh, God's form of government above uh, this the world's form of government, we do so with the choice and with the mm. understanding that there might be consequences, but we're happy for those consequences because we believe in the love and the power and the mercy 
of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, let's read chapter 23 <laughs> of Luke and to see what happens when these two elements that were separate, or that should be separate, uh, what happens when they combine? Mm-hmm. And we're going to be looking at this uh, in, in subsequent um, episodes as well, um, because that is the way that many societies are going towards right now. We know in prophecy that it will happen on a macro scale. These two things will combine. Um, but we are given that that which happened in the past shall be repeated again. So studying that which happened at the first time shall give us kind of clues on what will happen in the second time. So let's go to Luke chapter 23 and then verse uh, 1 through 5. Um, uh, Siku, can you read that for us? Sure. It says, Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him and said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. We'll skip to verse 13, and then Jonathan, can you read on? Then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, said to them, You have brought this man to me as one who misleads the people. And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you back to him, and indeed nothing uh, deserving of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it was necessary for him to release one of them at the feast. And they all cried out at once, saying, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for a certain rebellion made in the city and for murder. Pilate, therefore, wishing to release Jesus, again called out to them, but they shouted, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Then he said to them the third time, Why, what evil has he done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. But they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. And the voices of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. So Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they requested. And he released to them the one they requested, who for rebellion and murder had been thrown into prison, but he delivered Jesus to their will. All right. Uh, there's more we can read there, but let's just stay, stay with those passages. Uh, what are some things that you can, we can mine out, parse out here? Uh, where are the elements of church? Where are the elements of state? And what's going on here regarding Jesus's life? Um, we have um, accusations being brought against Jesus. And interestingly enough, in the previous episode, which um, Israel summarized for us nicely, was talking about paying, Caesar, um, pay, paying taxes to Caesar. Mm. And this is the very accusation that they bring um, when they bring Jesus to Pilate. Mm. They here being um, the religious leaders mm-hmm. who are bringing Jesus to um, the state government, mm-hmm. you know, to the ruler, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're accusing him of saying that you shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar, which obviously is not true because we read what actually transpired mm-hmm. in in the Bible. Right. Um, when they when they brought this question to him. Yep. Um, and so the religious leaders, when they brought the question to Jesus previously, he answered wisely, and they found nothing to do with. They couldn't use his answer against him, mm-hmm. but they here bring a complete falsehood. Um, to accuse him before the civic authority um, for the purpose of accomplishing what they would like to do, mm-hmm. which is to eliminate him, to kill him. But they want to use the power of the state 
to eliminate him. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is that that uh, the church, uh, I guess the religious leaders in this instance, are trying to do something which is actually even contrary to what their own religion would you know, put forth is contrary to the spirit of their religion. Um, but they want to accomplish this this ends. And in order to do that, they bring in the force of the state to accomplish that goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very interesting that the Roman government, they allowed for religious liberty in, mm-hmm. their, in, their, in their empire. They said, you can do whatever you want, worship the way you want to do it. The only thing that you can't do is you cannot kill, your, kill anyone. And uh, you cannot um, punishment anyone by death. Capital punishment is not within your jurisdiction. And so the Jews were, were, were the Jewish leaders, they got um, all these false uh, witnesses and they brought the, um, this case again. If you, if, if you actually look at this case, it's kind of weird. They're bringing Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's committed some kind of you know blasphemy, which is a religious uh, law that he broke, and they're bringing him to the Roman police office, and we're like, yeah, we want to arrest him. And mm-hmm. the Romans are like, why? What did he do wrong? And so they have to create this kind of mm-hmm. you know kangaroo court of a of a of a of a of a, um, of, a of an argument to 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 get Jesus um, on 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 death row, so to speak. And this is where we see uh, church and state combining. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they do to him? Oh, just another f- thought yeah. here that I just uh, saw here. You know, it's, they're bringing him to to uh, Pilate, um, and they're saying in verse two, you know, he claims that you know it's forbidden to pay taxes, which is not true. He didn't say that, and then saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Mm-hmm. If Jesus would have fit their idea of the Messiah. They would have never done this, right? Mm-hmm. They would they would have proclaimed him as the Messiah, and they would have rallied behind him to kick out the Romans. Mm-hmm. So we see here that they are really they're they're just messing things up for themselves. Even if if you know if Jesus wasn't the Messiah and there was a future Messiah coming, like they're they're telling here, oh, we we don't like we shouldn't have a Messiah who is you know who who is king over us. This this is essentially what they're telling Pilate. Which is like, what are you doing? This is the opposite. Christ, I mean, obviously Christ is the king and he is he is the Messiah. So I just thought that was interesting. So because he doesn't fit their mold, their idea, they're willing to go, uh, you know, they're willing to go far beyond what is allowed from their religion uh, and, and combining with state as well as really throwing the Messiah and any, f- any future Messiah, so to say, uh, under the bus uh, mm-hmm. with that idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very interesting. You look in verse uh, 14. He says, I have found no fault in this man. Yeah. Verse 15, no, neither did Herod. <laughs> um, uh, there's one more time where it's found there. Uh, verse 22. Then he said to them the third time, why, what evil has he done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. Mm-hmm. So, like, just from a, a clean, clinical Roman law perspective, I mean, Jesus, there's there's nothing that 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 he did that was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are post-Roman uh, lawyers who have analyzed this legal case, and they're like, this is totally kangaroo court. Like, this is there's nothing wrong here. Mm-hmm. Pilate tries to get, he tries to navigate through all this, yeah. Um, and he says, and in verse 20, 22, I will therefore chastise him and let him go. So he, you know, you, you, we all know the story. He whips Jesus and whips him to like a just 
bloodily, and then he shows, behold the man, and he's trying to elicit compassion from the crowd, and like, see, I mean, I punished him enough, isn't that enough? But that's not enough for the crowd mm. to be assuaged. Then he's like, man, maybe if I kind of switch him out from someone that's super, 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 super bad, that the crowd were like, yeah, hey, we'll just let Jesus go. So Pilate was thinking of almost political ways of trying to get Jesus out of it, mm-hmm. but this combination of, of is, is, is now getting just so much momentum that even Barabbas, who was a false messiah who was a uh, I don't know exactly Rebel. all that he did but mm-hmm. a, he caused insurrections all across Rome they're like hey we want the other guy instead which totally didn't go uh, Pilate's way um, what does this all show about this this combination of, yeah. of church and state this coalition against Christ what are the principles that we can we can take away from this? I think one principle is that politics will always be too weak to overcome religion you know here Say that one more time Politics will always be too weak to overcome religion. Mm. Mm-hmm. No matter how badly Pilate wanted to release Jesus, mm. the fact that by nature politics requires me to be popular as a politician, mm-hmm. I will always cave to uh, you know the demands of other people. Mm. And the, mm. and here Pilate caves to the demands of the religious leaders. Mm-hmm. What strikes me here is if that- I can, if I can just kind of caveat to that, it's almost, it's it's the same 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 thought, but politics cannot change human nature, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas conversion can. Right. But politics, with using conniving, using tactics, using whatnot, human nature will still, will, will, will want to kill Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and as strong as, as strong as a government is, mm. you know, as, 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 and I'm talking about like, uh, with all the armies that a nation has and the navies and the air forces and all the military power that it has, all that power is still not enough to withstand the force of the philosophy of religion, mm. you know? And that's, it, it, it's a, that's why it's a sacred trust, you know? Religion is a sacred trust and must be practiced properly, which is individually in the life. Mm. If, if religion does not take place the way Christ said— as a seed planted in the heart, it is so powerful that it can bring down nations, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's exactly what happens here, right? Look at verse 24. It it just really strikes me here because it says, so Pilate gave sentence that it should be done as As they they requested. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, it's the first time that I've actually, that that I've seen this um, sentence uh, in, in this way. Pilate literally, even though he knows what is right, yeah. caters to the the popular vote of what is taking place of the nation, right? Yeah. The reason why poli- or the reason why the state exists is to enact laws that are just. But I guess what happens is it is impossible in this side of eternity for justice to really exist mm-hmm. in its full sense mm. because there's so much there's so much of an element of politics involved even in the declaration of justice you know mm. and so at least in the United States you have presidents that come in after uh one administration they have the power to forgive right the the crimes of other administrations or of other people or, et cetera. and so what what uh Luke tells us uh shows us in verse tw- in chapter 23 is the fact that it is impossible in this side of heaven, to really function under a government that is totally, completely, and truly pure. Mm. Purity, conversion, love, that is not something that is given to the state because it is impossible for a state to enact that. 
it must be given to the life of an individual or to the church and stay within that context. Otherwise, justice cannot be possible. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm thinking about? Because there are clear last day illusions from mm-hmm. this passage. We have a combination. You see this all throughout the, also the Old Testament. You have kings who get combined with, uh, you know, apostate um, priestesses who combine. I'm thinking of Ahab and Jezebel mm-hmm. combine, and then they're persecuting the Elijahs. You have apostate religion, you know, the 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 the, uh, the Jews here, and then with, with uh, Roman uh, imperial power, combined to persecute Jesus. Mm. Uh, We're told in Revelation that there will be an entity called Babylon, which is the combination of church and state, while persecuting the the Christians uh, in Revelation, or the people of God. Um, Throughout all this, I think what's really cool is Jesus, in the midst of this, is really quiet. Mm -hmm. I mean, he doesn't say much. I mean, in this whole passage, does he say anything at all? I know in other Gospels he is communicating, but what, what, what the, the, the narrative Verse that, that three, Luke yeah. is, is, is saying? Um, because, okay, he says something in Luke in verse 3, it is as you say. Mm-hmm. And in verse 9, but he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. Mm-hmm. And then just, just, just even on a human level, the gross injustices that Jesus is experiencing it's got a kangaroo. I keep saying kangaroo court. There's all these false things happening. Um, he's about to die. He's getting whipped for no reason. And then they're choosing Barabbas. Even us reading it, we're like, what? That's just, what? That's our reaction, let alone we're not even in this, mm-hmm. even in this, in this story. What ethical uh, uh, injunctions does it give to us today? Mm-hmm. When in the midst of when we're going through injustices, or perhaps when we're, we are going to be persecuted, uh, or or maybe we're being persecuted now in some countries of the world, yeah, how should we? What are some some, yeah. some instructions? Because well, it gets a little bit more dramatic in verse thirty-four, where he not only doesn't not speak, but when he speaks, he he speaks forgiveness, right? Yeah, Father, forgive them. So it gets even more <laughs> radical than, mm-hmm. and I think that that's part you know in part the answer that we have here that whenever we're treated unjustly rather than focus on the fact that we are treated with injustice, we should contemplate the fact that the people that treat us this way are unfortunately worse off than we are, right? Because they're standing Mm -hmm. outside of the forgiveness of God. And so Jesus, in his own pain, is able to see the horribleness of their condition and, and, and understand the gravity of where they're at praise that and and by the way that prayer forgive them for they know not what they're doing is it's a it's a continual prayer right he, he's praying this prayer over and over and over and over and over so even in the midst of his pain and trial and tribulation he's still good with god mm-hmm. and he still has compassion yeah. for those who are persecuting yeah. him and and it's, it seems it seems powerful. that in in that situation jesus knew that if he would do something to oppose this yeah. it would not glorify God in the right way his he it would not help the situation it, it may even not help the individuals who are calling for his death to find repentance um, because they I mean we have seen him before accuse Jesus of being you know uh, a worker of Satan Belzebul and all over if he suddenly disappears as he has before when they tried to kill him but he understood this is the time and he was faithful but if i can if you can go to john 15 real quick john 15 um kind of as a connection from jesus's experience to ours john 15 verse 18 through 20 
15, 18 through 20, yep. Uh, it says here, um, <clears throat> if the world hates you, Jesus is speaking, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Verse 20, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If, if they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So Jesus is telling us here, um, he's preparing us in a way. He's like, I, I am on a mission to save this world. And this includes, you know, going through this painful experience, persecution um, at the hand of church and state. Mm -hmm. And you can expect the same. I mentioned this in the first episode, religious liberty is a good thing, uh, but it's nothing we should be expecting as a privilege um, just before existing. It's like Jesus is saying in this world, there will be persecution. And if you are a faithful individual, Satan is not pleased mm. with you. There is an enemy who will come after you just like he did after me. Mm. But the amazing thing is that in the process of the persecution, as we just mentioned, which is powerful, Jesus opens up a portal for these people to still find grace, forgive them, right? And in the, in the most intense attack, he provides salvation on the cross. Mm. And so that gives me inspiration that when we go through persecution, we can also become a channel mm. of light. Let alone per persecution. I think just in today's day, when we're going through gross, 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 gross yes. injustice, yes. what is our reaction? Mm -hmm. Well, we get our phones, we videotape it, and we're just like, I want justice from the crowd. Mm -hmm. You know, that's in instant justice. I want instant shame. Uh, I mean, how, there's just so many, um, I, I call them ethical injunctions, you know, teaching lessons to us on how to, to while under fire, Mm -hmm. uh, how, how to respond gracefully. There's a, um, it, it kind of goes to a previous question you had asked it, but it ties to this, one, um, the lessons from this, one of the things that has struck me is the religious leaders were leaders of a religion that God had entrusted to them, mm -hmm. which was pointing to the coming of Jesus. Like this was the message for the world. Mm -hmm. Um, the message that had the power of God attending it for salvation, right? Mm -hmm. um, but in their failure to experience that power for themselves, to experience the power, the converting power of the word of God, of that experience, that religious experience, they now turn against the one who is the embodiment of that experience, who is mm -hmm. Jesus himself, right? Um, and so one of the things that, that stands out to me and relating to our experiences, sometimes and oftentimes, it is the religious people who can be most vitriolic against mm. the people who are experiencing the power of God in, mm. in their religious experience. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, it's kind of because I don't have that power. And here we have them looking for the power of force that they don't possess within themselves, looking for the power of force from government to enforce whatever it is that they want to do because they're not experiencing the power that comes mm. yeah. through their religious experience, which is a power greater than any government yes. could ever exercise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because they're not experiencing that, they come out against those who are experiencing the transformative power of, of what God can do in a person's life. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. what, 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 what strikes me about this whole play and counterplay is the, is the fact that character in times, in times of crisis is revealed. It cannot be changed or developed. The character of Pilate it's incredible, right? If you contrast the character of Pilate with the character of Christ, Pilate 
is constantly just seeking to appease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's willing to appease people. He's willing to change whatever is necessary. Let's change the situation with Barabbas. Let's change the situation with Jesus by beating him. Let's let me try to do whatever I can. Good intentions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and but but the constant willing to compromise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Is is there. With Jesus, he does not compromise at all what he does. He keeps his mouth shut. Are you the king? Yes, I am. Right? Mm-hmm. After that, he keeps his mouth shut. And then at the very end, even in even in the midst of the greatest persecution of all time, his character does not change. He prays for the sins of the people that are that are uh, accusing him or, or you know persecuting him. And what this tells me is that the philosophy of Christ is a philosophy that he kept throughout his entire life. Love your enemies, you know, pray for those who uh, persecute you. All of these different things is he believed that until death, mm. you know, and, and was willing to, I mean, not just put his own life, but put the entire life of the universe on that. And it just, it, it, it's powerful to me because we think about the, the, the power of force you know, and really the only time that the power of force is necessary is when the power of, uh, of, of, of um, the force of love is missing, mm. you know, mm-hmm. that's when you need. Yeah. And when, when the sinful nature is run, uh, run amok. Mm-hmm. That you need force in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a, an environment where there is no God, where there's no Holy Spirit. Those, yeah, God says like, hey, we 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 let's let, let's use force uh, to keep that in check. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you guys this question, and we have uh, two minutes on the clock here, but I do want to ask if we don't if we don't answer, it's okay, and we can I can ask it in the next episode. Is this what's so wrong with a group of people, Jonathan, that are converted, that are converted? Right, they're, they're, and, and 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 they're given force. <laughs> are given force? Yeah, what are given the power to enforce a force to enforce yeah. laws. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with converted people having the power of force. I think what's wrong is when converted people use the power. Of, like God has the power of force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but He doesn't use it. You know, He's converted. He doesn't use it to 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 push something upon us that would break, you know, his integrity and our of ability choice. to choice. So, if, if there's a group of people who are converted, they would know how to use that force. They, Ideally, they, they should. If they're converted, they're, yeah, they're they called would. the church, right? Mm-hmm. And but not, not in the church. But does that mean that they're not really converted? I mean, I you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> We're a work in progress. <laughs> Because we—that's a golden question that well, we don't have time to answer, but we're going to—we're going to try to address in our next episode. But if you—we're—we're—we're we're, we're against uh, uh, church and state together. But what if church were ideally the way that God wanted it to be, and they were given force? What's so wrong with that? In our next episode, we're looking at theocracy and understanding that this is something that God had and uh, then it went away. And why is it? Hoping this is causing you to be curious because I am quite uh, bamboozled by this concept. <laughs> um, hopefully this has been a great discussion for you. Uh, this, this episode has helped me see Jesus in a much more deeper light than I has before uh, and a more sober light as well. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week here in Inverse.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.